Today's episode is sponsored by Steeped Games with Dan and Connie Kazmaier, the couple who designed Chai, an immersive tea board game. And now they're excited to share that their one to two player game Chai Tea for Two is live on Kickstarter until June 4th, featuring dice worker placement, cute tea tins, and an engine builder for your tea plantation. If you're like them and into two player games that play in 30 to 45 minutes after dinner, this might be up your alley. So come join the party and check out Chai Tea for Two on Kickstarter right now. And if you're looking for a partner to help you with marketing, I recommend you reach out to Andrew Lowen at Next Level Web. In the last year, Andrew and his company have helped board game creators raise more than $2 million on Kickstarter, and 91% of those campaigns funded in the first 24 hours, and 74% of those campaigns were from first-time creators. They have a system that works and offer solutions ranging from helping you build ads for your project all the way to fully managing your marketing campaign. So if you're looking for a reliable marketing partner for your upcoming campaign, visit nextlevelweb.com slash kickstarter and fill out a contact form. Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com. Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Today, doing a BGDL community spotlight where I talk to a member of the Board Game Design Lab community about a specific topic that maybe is a little bit smaller than would be in a, a long episode. These are shorter form episodes, but I wanted to reach out to different people in the Board Game Design Lab community that were doing some cool things, whether it was with marketing or their game design process or doing something interesting with a mechanism or a theme or something like that, and just give them an opportunity to talk about what they're doing and share that with you and also give them a bit of a platform to get their ideas out there. And today we're talking about CESS, talking about customer engagement, support, and satisfaction. We're talking to Marco Pacota from Raybox Games. Uh, Marco, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah. Now, you were on the show not too long ago talking about Legions of Steel, which is a miniatures game that has some really interesting kind of board game type things going on, mechanisms type things going on. Yeah. And now you're working on basically building up the community and offering some really cool like downloadable content and expansions and scenarios and all sorts of cool stuff that really just support the community building up around your game, your, your audience for the game. And yeah. when you submitted the the Google form about like what you were doing and different things you were doing. I was like, wow, that sounds really interesting. And I think a lot of other people who are designing games that are really easy to expand or easy to add more scenarios or different characters or, or whatever. I think this is something that they need to think about, something that they need to hear about as ways to engage your community, keep people coming back for more, keep people playing the game, you know, constantly giving them new stuff to engage with and have fun with. And so I'm really excited just to understand and, and hear about the different things that you're doing for your game. But first, before we get into that, just as a reminder, who are you? How'd you get into uh, games and, and all that kind of thing? Oh, okay. My name is uh, Marco Pacota. I'm a designer, uh, game designer, and as well as, uh, you know, independent small publisher, publishing my own games. Uh, I started designing games back in the early 90s uh, and, um, you know, uh, designed games for about six, seven years uh, at several different releases. Then I took a break for almost for 25 years and now I'm making games again. <laughs> so that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So let's just jump right into it. C E S S customer engagement, support 
and satisfaction. What does that mean exactly? Give me like a, a high level kind of overview and then we'll dive into the specifics. Sure. So um, what C, what SAS or CESS is, is um, it's, it's a system to grow and enhance your audience. Uh, you know, and when I talk about enhancing, what I mean is I ha- enhance your relationship with your audience or, you know, your fans, your players, your customers. In the end of the day, they're your customers, right? Very cool. And so what are some of the ways that you're doing that? I know you've got, you know, a scenario kind of based game. And so I'm assuming scenarios, but like what, what all does, uh, what all are you thinking about? What all are you already implementing to build up that audience? Well, okay. Well, there's two kind of stages, uh, or there may be more that I have, you know, I haven't encountered, but basically there's two stages. So one is the development stage of your game. So before you release it, and then, uh, after that, you have your post-release phase where you do different things perhaps than what you would have done developing your game. Uh, some of the elements that uh, a game can, any game, any board game, tabletop game pretty much can can uh, release or, 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 or make open to the public uh, in the development stage actually is a, is a richer environment to do that because you're going to be writing stuff, you're developing rules you're slowly getting artwork made um so during that period when you want to interact with your your customer base when you want to you know uh get them involved right you you you, among other things that you can release are, are artwork of course as it comes along uh lore uh fictional stuff about the universe that you're creating and i would argue that that could be for anything even it doesn't have to be a role playing game or a miniature heavy game, you know, the more lore you can create for your universe, the better. Uh, and then um, you can do like uh, the rule releases that you can literally release rule pieces to people and get their input and their and start getting kind of uh, basically see if you know you're writing it in a way that they understand it and that helps you tweak them and make them better. Um, and another thing that you can do, uh, which is a little bit more involved, but is actually do videos of your rules, like just of pieces of your rules. So what I'm doing, for example, is my rules. And I, this is for a, a miniatures-based tactical game, which would be different than a standard, you know, um, many of the other standard type of board games, whether they're, uh, uh, you know, the different kinds that are out there. And uh, so what I'll do is I'll just take a segment of one of my rules, like the movement rules or the combat rules, and I'll just videotape something under two minutes to sh- as an example to that specific rule and label it. And then I can release those, and then people will get to see them, and they can comment on them. This is well before the release, so if it's not well done or if they say – they'll give suggestions and stuff to make it better so that when you get to your release – you'll have the best little videos available and, and you're creating this content that they can look forward to seeing all the time. Um, uh, and then from my point of view, since we have models or figures involved, I can release information regarding painting the figures or suggested paint schemes or tips and hints and all that kind of stuff that, uh, that miniature type of gaming really lends itself to. Um, and aside from that, you have, uh, rule options, 
uh, well, that will come later. But basically, those are the things that you can release. And if your game has scenarios or missions or something like that, like uh, that, you can also release those pieces uh, leading up to your release. Yeah, very cool. And it seems like it's it's obvious that not all games are going to be able to do this effectively, but a lot of different games are, especially like you said, if they have scenarios or missions or, you know, even if you're just adding in new characters or new ability cards or little like mini expansions, like there's so many cool things that you can release, uh, especially if it's downloadable and you need something like a PDF or somebody can just download it and print it out or something like that. And so tell me about how you're basically you know, getting everybody in the same place. You know, the internet's such a big place now and a lot of people use Facebook and they have a website and they have a, a Discord. They have all these different places. Tell me about what you're doing to kind of bring the community to one place where they can find these downloadable uh, files, these scenarios, these different things. Well, uh, yeah, so we have, I've developed, uh, you know, I have a Facebook page specifically for the Legions of Steel game uh, and for uh, uh, any other game I would produce, I would create the page and start building that audience. Um, uh, aside from that, you can, you know, it's traditionally the way you would build an audience that you guys have covered here, uh, how, what you need to do before you kickstart and all that sort of thing. So, you you know, you have your Facebook page, uh, you have your Instagram page where you do posts, uh, create a good website, all that sort of thing, right? Uh, but something that a lot of people, I mean, uh, another thing I do is I created a forum which is kind of forums existed uh, kind of before Facebook uh, became very popular. Uh, fans would gravitate to the forum where they can make comments and people can discuss stuff. And of course, now they have forums on like board game uh, websites, like, like uh, you know, just the general ones. Uh, so I created one specifically uh, for my game on my, on my website. And so then what I do is that through the, the, the Facebook page and the fan page that was created by fans and, uh, um, and an Instagram too, is that you release, you, you, you let people know that stuff's coming out. Uh, you maybe give them a taste of it and then you direct them to the forum where they can download the free DLC stuff. So you're, you're always directing people to your website. And the idea for that is, well, you know, it's always good to get people to go to your website. And then, you know, hopefully some of them will, will want to continue to engage on the forum uh, where, uh, you know, they'll go on there, they'll download something and they'll see, oh, look, there's a whole section on, on the history. And so then they'll click on that. And then if they start, you know, you, you're engaging them, the idea is to turn them so that they like to actually kind of join the forum officially. And then, of course, they'll get all updates and stuff like that. Of course, new, and, uh, well, I forgot to mention newsletter, which, of course, is you can do a lot with a newsletter as well, including directing them to your forum. So forums kind of died in a way, uh, like because Facebook kind of took that over, but I, I think there's still a place for them. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I think forums do a much better job than Facebook at a lot of things. Facebook is really good for like instant uh, gratification, honestly, instant engagement. Yeah. But as a forum, it's more long form. You know, things can kind of simmer. It's more like a crock pot where Facebook is like like a microwave, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I can see the value in having forums and where people can come in and see things that have maybe been around for more than, you know, 15 minutes and actually comment or download things and talk about all the different things. Now, is all of this stuff free or are you charging for any of these things? Tell me about kind of the, the how you're dealing with that. Well, it, 
at this point, I, I'm providing all this sort of stuff for free, but I get a lot out of it, right? And it's in the development stage, so I'm producing it anyways. And I should be producing it. In other words, it's like, you know, if I'm serious about releasing the game, well, I have to do these things. They have to happen. So it's kind of like now I have an ability to share something that I have to do anyway. So it's not, uh, it's the purpose is to grow the audience. Um, and uh, uh, so there's no charge for anything I'm doing at the moment. But I, I can see, as you mentioned also earlier, uh, before our conversation online, is that, that there is obviously costs involved after you release it. So the post release uh, period. And so you might, you know, there's, you might, there might be ways to monetize it uh, through direct sales of small things that you could release. That's, you know, or, uh, you know, or through something like a Patreon account, if, if it warrants it. Yeah, that's super interesting. Uh, Patreon is, is a really interesting idea. If you're going to commit to doing something monthly, you know, where you're putting out, uh, every month I'm going to put out three new scenarios. I'm going to put out new cards, new abilities, whatever. And people kind of get behind that and expect that monthly thing. And that could be good or bad, depending on, you know, you as a, a person, are, are you able to be consistent on that? I guess you could also do like a pay what you want kind of thing where yeah, you say, Hey, yeah. here's this thing to download. And uh, you know, if you want to download it for free, go ahead. If you want to donate a dollar or two or, or 10 or whatever, then there's ways to do that with different, you know, system. WooCommerce is a good uh, way to do that. Something I've used in the past for like a pay, what you want. Uh, yeah, but also, I guess yeah. you're, you're doing things that like you're saying, you're, you're going to maybe release this content down the road. And so is this kind of a way to gauge the market, right? So you're putting out these things and saying, Hey guys, here's a new scenario I'm working on. You know, it's not quite done. I'm still working on it. I just want to go ahead and go ahead and put it out there. And you kind of get to see do people like it. Do they not like it? Do they not care? And then maybe they play test it and give you some feedback. Or are you also kind of looking at it from that angle? Oh yes, absolutely. And in fact, I, I can add to that. Um, the thing about creating it's kind of a holistic approach to customer engagement support and satisfaction it, it, you know it, it's where the um the sum is more than the whole is more than the the, the sum of the parts so it's like all the things that you can do that's going to create something you know great and the things that you can get uh so that would be one of the things is kind of like like uh uh basically getting play testing so but more specifically what you can do what, what I think what CES does is by engaging your audience and giving them avenues to engage to engage back with you, including for, you know, as an example, when we were talking before a forum, what it can also do is you can like I have a space on my forum called fun fan rules. So the fans could make up whatever rule they want <laughs> and put it on there. I'm not there, not even, you know, not to judge them or to anything. And they could just share it. They just love doing it. They create all kinds of crazy stuff that I would never officially publish, but they don't care. And that's great. So, um, uh, but from them, you can get nuggets of like ideas. So that's part of that's That's how that ties into what we're, I'm, I'm answering here. Um, so what happens uh, through the, through this kind of system of doing it is I feel in the end, First of all, you're building up goodwill among your fans. You know, you're, you're building a good reputation, right? Um, you're building your branding through it. So that's another positive aspect. Um, and you will be getting ideas from your fans. They'll, they'll throw ideas at you. Like uh, what, as you release stuff, whether it's a rule option or whether it's a scenario in that. Um, and 
basically, you know, engaging with the fans really instills a loyalty in them where they can then become support the game as well, whether they're playtesting it, like you said, playtesting the stuff that you're putting out there. Um, and if it goes further, which it has for me, and I'm sure it, it has for other others out there or can as well, it still might run demos. They'll talk about uh, doing stuff at shows when they're when they're running again, the, you know, um, you know, they'll post unboxings maybe of stuff after the fact uh, and, 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 and they'll post like stuff about what they're doing playing the game. Um, so I think what we're talking about doing here, this whole engagement is certainly getting you uh, feedback and play testing, which is awesome. Like it's one of the biggest complaints I think is how do I get people to play test my game? So you get that, but there's all this other really cool stuff that you do. And of course, you know, it being a business in the end, this will all help you sell more games too. You'll sell more. <laughs> so, so that's the long answer to your question. <laughs> right. And I think it's a really important thing to, to note right here is that this is not just a, hey, hey guys, buy my game. This is right. a conversation, right? You're listening to them. You're putting things out into your community and then seeing what bounces back. And you're allowing them to help you develop this product because it's for them. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to do it this way. And it, yeah. a lot of people don't do it. You know, they, they kind of say, hey, here's the thing, go buy it. And, and that's, that's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're really trying to build a community and an audience around a game, around a property, around a series of games, yeah. then this is a really good way to do it. And like you said, you can find some really interesting ideas and you might even find you know that someone comes up with a really great scenario and you go, well, maybe that person is worth hiring to help me write some new scenarios. And so yeah. you can find you know people in the community that then all of a sudden help you put together expansion content or future downloadable PDFs and, and things like that. Absolutely. So what are... What are some of the other things that you're looking, maybe maybe you haven't quite implemented yet, but you're looking forward to doing down the road that also kind of falls into this conversation? Well, um, I first want to uh, uh, comment on one thing that you said, and that is that some people don't do it uh, or they don't you know, pursue this avenue, or maybe many people don't. And, and there could be valid reasons for that, but I think that the biggest reason that people don't is just fear about putting their stuff out there before it's polished right so it's like oh it's not ready yet it's not quite good enough yet it's not you know i don't want to show something and it doesn't look like it's professional or whatever so they're like i don't want to you know but i i i kind of disagree with that approach if it, that's the only you know unless you have a better reason that's i don't think that's a good reason i think that if you couch it with your fans if you've you know, you've already developed a little bit of a rapport with them and you're telling them, I'm working on this. And they're more than happy to look at stuff that isn't perfect. And, you know, you're putting imperfect stuff out into the world and it's frightening to do that. But I, I, I personally think you should overcome that. Let the fans engage. Let them be the judge. They're almost always going to be excited to help you and, and, and they're going to love it. So that's to answer something that you, you mentioned there. I think it's important to do to see why people don't do it. And, and for those who are afraid or like, you know, hesitant because they're not sure, I just say, go for it. That's my statement on that. Uh, as far as other things that can go on regarding my game itself has scenarios or missions. So I will be creating uh, a campaign style set of scenarios. That means one gameplay is attached to the next gameplay which is attached to the next gameplay, right? So 
you know, you sit down, you play with your friends and whatever happens in that evening of, of gaming, you know, will, will affect the next game that you're going to play, whether you have more powers or you'll be weaker or stronger or, you know, <clears throat> so idea is not just to release scenarios, but create a little bit of buzz by creating a campaign. And I feel this could be done with lots of games like uh, that aren't even like a miniature based combat games or because it's, it's, you would, it would be a separate kind of module that you would create for people to play your game. So that the game that they played one night, even if it's just like a resource management game uh, or another Euro type game, uh, like as you're designing it, you could make it such that even though that's not the primary function of the game itself, when you sell it, adding this modularity to it where a campaign like where one game affects the next one and it's like more like a like a round robin or however you want to kind of handle it you know it could be very interesting so that's an interesting approach taking your existing game which is not in any way a mission-based game but making it into a, a long-term campaign where you could each game kind of affects the next game and that of course would be up to the designer to figure that out so that's one thing we're going to do which is going to be easy uh, we're also going to create optional rules and get feedback. So the game's already out. So we're talking about after the release, the game exists already. We're like, hey, what about doing, allowing a figure to do that? And then you're just kind of floating the idea. And then people could be like, I hate that idea or I love it. Or often it conflicts and you have both sides arguing about it. And of course, as soon as they start arguing about it, that's awesome because then it's like there's a conversation happening, right? So, um, uh, so optional rules that that kind of change the way the game plays uh, uh, is something I would definitely would would put out there, or at least like float them, right? Let people kind of talk about it. Um, afterwards, once people start playing the game, I mean, there's other traditional ways that uh, I, I'll have some contests. You know, that's that's a traditional way to get engagement. Uh, so there's nothing unique about that. But again, it's a, a holistic. It's not just about a contest. It's not just about sharing some artwork it's not just about giving some dlc it's about all of those things together working together like if you just do one of those things or two it's less effective the more you do the more they feed off of each other and the better results you'll get i feel so so it's about uh many things all coming together so to answer your question the couple those are a couple of things anyways uh, that that are for post after the, the game comes out yeah, absolutely. This is such an interesting thing to think about as a designer, but also obviously as a, as a publisher, as a content creator, and kind of all those things coming together in, in one place here. And it's given me some really interesting ideas for a game I'm working on. It's an open world game. It's got a bit of a Pokemon type vibe to it. Oh yeah. Where I'm thinking, you know, I, I can uh, I can put out other maps, other areas, other creatures, other characters, other things, and just say, hey guys, here's some stuff I'm working on. Yeah. You know, if you liked if you liked the game. Here's some stuff you can add to it, or maybe you've beaten the game. You've gone through the entire you know, game. You've kind of explored the whole map. You've done all the cool things. You, you've beaten all the puzzles, all that stuff. I can say, oh, well, here's some here's some other stuff. Here's some new things that aren't quite, you know, I'm not going to put these out in physical form yet, but here's the downloadable version if you want to download it and print it out and kind of run through it yourself. Like, there's so many cool things that you can do, along with the lore and the backstories of maybe the backstory of this character or backstory of this exactly. area or this yeah. place. So much cool stuff to do. Uh, with this uh, anything else anything we haven't covered yet that really kind of falls into this conversation or anything else you're you're looking to do or you're already doing well yes i think there's a few things uh one thing i, I didn't really mention but uh, i think everyone should be open to is to ensure that that 
you're available to your fans uh, to answer questions in that and to and to and to be able to, that they not only be available to them but but uh, you know telegraph that like hey listen like let them know like I'm here uh, if you want you know if you have any questions or comments feel free to email me this is my email you know uh, or ask me right here but you know just I always like. Uh, from time to time, we'll always put that out on my groups and like, just like, look, if anyone, you know, don't be bashful, just encourage people to, to, to engage with you. And then obviously in a timely manner respond. So I think that's another big thing. Like to, to, it's not just good enough to, to think, oh, well, if they have a question, they can ask me. I honestly believe you should like put it out there, you know, once a month, Hey, you know, <laughs> so get that rolling. So I think that's an important part. I think another thing. That's that's uh, can be thought of now. Now, if if you know, assess or you know, customer engagement and uh, is something you want to ensure is uh, you know is something that you feel like is important part of the game development and its marketing. You know, you can create the initial game so that it has just basically think about creating aspects of the game so it has an avenue for you to release downloadable content. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I'm doing this kind of game and it's kind of limited, but you know, if I leave this open-ended or that open-ended, like as far as whether it's, you know, where the game can go, even if I, maybe I'll never do it, but I, I at least allow an avenue for me to do it. Then uh, it just becomes easier to create that content afterwards because you can just follow the path that you, you know, the hidden door that you never opened in the game, but now you know, but you know that you can. So I think that's, another uh you know kind of an important point to, to make regarding this sort of thing um another thing to talk about creating you know your customer engagement i think a lot of people might not even know where to start well that's something that we're talking about here uh but it it, it seems very daunting um and, and, it, and it kind of assumes that you already have some sort of audience so we have to have that assumption too like like you know it's not just your three closest friends and your ma is you've got a few more people out there. So assuming, you know, you've kind of built it up a little bit, um, which you, uh, which is a whole other conversation, obviously, but uh, regarding doing this to me, it, it's about a lot of it's about scheduling. So you have to like, like just give yourself a schedule of the things that you want to do and the kind of the, the dates or the weekly things that you want to do and like write it all down. And once you write it in a schedule and you like kind of put everything that you want to do in bite-sized formats, like something that's digestible. So you're not trying to do everything and, and, and just feel like you're floundering. So, uh, you know, if you're going to do one scenario a month, then that, then you note that down and this is what the scenario is going to have. And every little piece, you just kind of attack it uh, and create it separately from the rest in that like don't let the other ones like don't feel overwhelmed so doing a schedule and and the bite size thing i think would be an important part of uh rolling out something like this um and i guess the other thing is don't oh, don't kill yourself doing this either i mean unless you know if you're not fortunate enough to have a team of people to do it in which case you're directing them to do stuff but if it's you I, I, my personal feeling is uh as far as uh you know, posting seriously, uh, uh, the, the, the four days that matter are the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you guys have probably covered this on your program. One of the best days are to market and advertise. And basically Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are 
I mean, I've been doing it for a long time and it's like, they get like half of the con, like it just does, it just, the, if you do it for four days a week, whether it's posting an image or, you know, it, like each, each post doesn't have to be a whole revolutionary like thing. You know, I, I feel that like basically don't overwhelm yourself. Don't put too much on your plate. If you can do three or four posts a week that are like really solid ones, then, then you're doing really well. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Closing thoughts though, Marco, what would you tell somebody who maybe they're listening to this or they're, you know, the wheels are turning. They're like, Oh man, what could I do here? I'm thinking through like how they could implement this in their own game, you know, creating their own community and, and a way to serve them. What would be your kind of closing thoughts for them? I think that like when you're going to decide to make a game, design a game uh, and, and perhaps you're going to publish that game too, or, or, or at least you want to build the game up so that a publisher is interested in it. That that's a huge daunting task on its own. It's like you know writing a novel. It's like, you know, some people have only one in their entire life. So uh, uh, it's easy to get um, to have that overwhelming kind of like uh, uh, work, I guess, that's involved, and maybe in pressure too, and then and then lose sight of the fact that you you have to kind of market the game as well, and you have to get it in front of people. So uh, I think by creating a plan using kind of the ideas that we talked about today uh, is essential to engaging with your, with your customers or potential customers. And it doesn't have to be daunting. The tools are out there already, you know, Facebook and Instagram, uh, you know, web pages are very inexpensive to set up now, if not free. So uh, the, the tools are out there, you know, and the people are listening. So now your job is just to catch their ear. Because they're there waiting for you, basically, to tell them about what you're doing. And it just takes time and commitment and organization. You know, create a structure for yourself. So that's what I think. Awesome. Well, Marco, where can people find Legions of Steel and find out about the other things that you're uh, doing? So Raybox Games uh, website is www.rayboxgames.com. And that has... Uh, Legions of Steel and, and the other game I'm working on, uh, Escape from Stalingrad, which is kind of a historical war game uh, with a weird war twist to it. Those are both available. Uh, I mean, you get information and stuff on the website. And of course, if you type in uh, Legions of Steel on Facebook, you'll you'll find all of the avenues that stuff is there. And if you type in Escape from Stalingrad on Facebook, you'll also find that stuff there. Awesome. Well, Marco, really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with more cool content for Legions of Steel and everything else you got going on right now. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com and find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at boardgamedesignlab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?